0: This is the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of October 11th. I'm your host, D-Swab, Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff of Kevin Kobach, Kyle McFadden, who looks like he's on the road grinding like he always is, and special guest today, Todd Turner and his Hilltoppers, uh quarter zipper zipper. I like it, you represent other side, yes, Hilltoppers, Todd, of course, a <laughs> graduate of that great, great school there, Western Kentucky. Actually, Todd, I drove through it on the way to Richmond, uh, Kentucky, for a summer nationals race. Beautiful city.
1: Yeah, it's a great place. I'm. Uh, did you stop by and see the big red statue or any of the the highlights there?
0: No, I had to go. I had to get to Richmond. Obviously, they start on time every time I've been there, so we had to get there to make sure. Sometimes they start earlier over there, but uh, no. I, I next time if I go get, get that way, I'll have to go check out. Uh, the beautiful statue there in Western Kentucky University. Uh, Kovac, he did it again. Sweep. He's unstoppable. Uh, Bobby Pierce uh, is still red hot. Uh, it's getting kind of old just talking about Bobby Pierce or Ricky Thornton Jr., but he gets the win at Brownstown. And then I don't know if this stat's right, but I kind of did some quick math. He has won $209,000 in Fairberry the last two years. That's not even counting winning the Prairie Der Classic because he has not won those. That's a that's pretty good money there at uh, the quarter mile of February. But Bobby Pierce uh, just continues to dominate, and he makes that stretch for the number one driver, and an argument for him to be driver of the year uh, a lot closer than maybe what it would have was two weeks ago.
2: Oh, yeah, just uh, one guy takes a weekend off as Ricky Thornton, although Ricky Thornton didn't actually take the weekend off. He did run some micro-spin racing. Uh, out there but close to home so uh i think he got another win uh, a couple wins actually uh but didn't run late models and and bobby pierce goes back runs his late model and and wins twice and uh so it's just like uh we need to get them together again we need to get those two guys racing again which they will be doing at eldora for the dirt track world championship uh it's it, it's they really are amazing uh drivers this year right? amazing stats uh to be into the, I mean, they're close. They're both going to be in the mid 30s. Looks with wins. Maybe, maybe Bobby Pierce, the way he's going, he could hit 40 probably. I think he has enough races left that he could hit 40 if he stays this hot. Uh, he's, he's a couple. He's like a couple wins ahead of, uh, of Ricky right now. Um, but man, that that is just that's an amazing uh, statistic that two guys, each national tour has a driver with over 30 wins this year. Uh, 30 wins is that's a heck of a usually don't even get if a guy runs a national tour they usually don't get up that high uh, usually you have to be more of a uh, you know an independent guy they can uh, you know pick up some wins that just aren't national tour wins and and these guys are both in double double figures in the national tour uh it, it's uh it, too great to I, I i mean i i almost wanted to do a, a when i did my poll to this week my top 25 poll I almost, I'm at the point now where I want to split the top number, the number one vote. You know, I almost <laughs> want to give it just like split no it fair. down the middle and put them to both. I mean, it's just like, yeah, cause you know, Bobby, he didn't race those two weeks and he lost the number one spot cause Ricky Thornton won those two weeks that he didn't race. And now it's the same here Ricky takes a weekend off, which, uh, you know, for the team really, uh, to get a little bit of rest and Bobby goes and wins twice. So, uh, I think they are so even really I mean the the way they've been able to 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 pick up wins this year and and just their their dominance that I kind of want to split it I want to make them both number one if I can do that can I do that I don't think we can do that our survey doesn't let us do that so how would you how would your BCS
0: rankings the old school college football have them ranked for like you know for the who would be one or
2: two in Kevin Kobach's eyes Oh god, you have to I I just I want to make I want them to both to be number 1. I think they they're <laughs> like just 50% each, you know? And then let them write, let, let them play it out on the football field, right? Like that would be that's the reason for it. But um uh yeah, I I guess maybe Ricky Thornton just because he does have a few of the bigger wins. Um but yeah, one of the things is going to be uh, if you have a championship on your resume at the end of the year and Bobby Pierce could have 3 of them. Uh, at the end and, and Bobby remember, does have the head to head over, uh, over Ricky this year, uh, just by a little few races, but he has, he does have the head to head over him uh, by a couple.
0: Todd Turner. I got a text immediately following late model night in America, uh, last week at Tyler County. It said, uh, Bobby Pierce is, you know, just his talent is finally catching up to his like experience. Like he, it's just like a complete, like, obviously he's won plenty of races but it would either be like a flat tire or you just you know hurt the deck uh but this it's just coming full circle for him isn't it and i know he's been racing for like nearly 12 years it seems like but uh it seems like it's finally cut up and he has that great talent and the experience is definitely showing off right now
1: yeah i mean it's definitely all come together for him it's it's You know, it almost makes you wonder, well, why was not he doing this before, you know, (laughs) and really things clearly for him and Thornton this season have just all fallen, just everything's fallen right into, into sync for him. Uh, But definitely experience and racing, lots more, Uh, being on a national tour and kind of having to juggle that uh, points racing thoughts um you know obviously just everything and he's in the longhorn this year he's got maybe more uh more resources guys to lean on from when he was in that pierce car kind of on his own island uh so you know it really is coming together for him That is, it is funny to think oh he's finally got experience and like you said he's been racing since he was little bitty i mean uh so uh certainly he's had experience but you look at the years when guys are in their prime uh, and then dirt racing, it can be a long stretch, but uh, but it's rare to have a guy who's uh, you know as young, young as Bobby was when he was first getting going be on top of his game. And so now, you know, as he heads toward um, 30, I mean, I'm not trying to make him too old, but you know, 30 is kind of that sweet spot where guys are really uh, kind of coming coming along. And uh, it's remarkable to watch uh, what what Bobby's done. I mean, I think what I reflect on like a weekend like this uh, at Fairbury and Brownstown. He goes there and everyone knows he's the favorite. Everyone knows he is the driver to beat. And he still just goes out and does it. I mean, to me, that is that is what is, is most interesting about what he and Ricky Thornton are doing this year. When you're at the top of the game, uh, but you still just go out and you keep winning. It's not like they're winning, you know, a few i mean like like kevin said these victory totals for guys who are running national touring ser- series are uh it's way up there so uh it, it's amazing what we're seeing and uh and, and i'm with kevin i think we're we're really uh what well, how is it going to fall for that driver of the year i think two big some big things are going to be these performances the dirt track world championship what happens there the world finals and how pierce does there um, it'll be interesting to see, uh, uh, you know, that kind of plays into figuring out all these numbers and stats and the head-to-head uh, and also what's freshest into our mind for what they've done here at the end of the season.
0: Well, just imagine, Todd, if, like, he raced until he was, like, 60, like a lot of these guys do. That's, like, still 34 more years. It'd be remarkable, wouldn't it? Obviously, a lot of things play out in those 34 years, but it's possible with him.
1: Ah. I- I don't see, uh, I always wonder about that. Of course, we saw Josh Richards bow out recently uh, from racing. Uh, I always wonder about these guys who start very, very young. They're going to hang around. Like Billy Moyer really started, uh, really got going at at quite an older age, you know. So, uh, yeah, I don't know about Pierce, uh, what he's going to do for uh, all these years uh, uh, as he gets up uh, like an old guy like me. I'm not sure he'll be uh, still wanting to race.
0: Kyle McFadden, I think that Todd just hit in the coffin, like just the confidence level and just him backing it up every single week. And obviously Ricky Thornton Jr. has done it. Like we've, we've seen guys do it in the past, but it just seems like this year he's on kill mode, isn't he?
3: Yeah, for sure. It's like when we like – make all the splash boxes on the front page of the website. It's like, all right, you know, like what are we going to put for the headline here tonight? You know, it's like we're we're running out of stuff to say about uh, Bobby Pierce and Ricky Thornton Jr. But, I mean, it's like Bobby Pierce, he's won 18 of his, his last 23 features. That is ridiculous. That is absurd. And so it's like, um, I mean, it, it's kind of like brings me back to – I just looked through like – stats and numbers and stuff and it's like the old um you know like nascar cup series back in like the 60s and 70s when like richard petty won 27 races in 48 or he won 27 of his 48 races back in 1967 it's like you you look at that and then you look at what bobby pierce is doing just on the whole just in terms of dominance um It'll go down as one of the more dominant seasons, not just obviously in dirt lay model racing, but on the on the whole, just in motorsports too. And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, it's impressive, and I think one thing about Bobby's personality, you know, I mean, he's he he's a polarizing figure at the racetrack in terms of fan like interaction or like reaction. But you know, I think he's a likable person. I mean, people, the only reason why people don't like him is just you know, because he wins a lot. And so um, when you're doing that and uh, just like letting your performance speak for itself and uh, selling t-shirts, I mean, he sells a lot of t-shirts now too. T-shirt revenues gotta be booming for him. So yeah, things are clicking and um i think it's good for the sport honestly that we have a dominator and cuz when you're that dominator obviously the target is on your back at all times and and you're going to be getting everybody's best shot each and every single night and so um so yeah it's just unbelievable that he's won 18 of his 23 or 18 of his last 23 races and, and as kevin said could hit 40 wins on the As a whole this year, which is, I don't know when the last time that's been done in our sport, but um, for perspective, Kyle Larson won 46 sprint car races back in 2020, and people deem that as the greatest dirt track season in the history of dirt track racing. So that just kind of puts you, puts that into perspective, um, what Bobby Pierce is doing right now.
0: Also, the best headline for Bobby Pierce was uh, 2016, after Jacksonville, we decided to go with Pierce for for three when he won his first three summer national races, uh, kind of with, like, Paul Pierce, the basketball player. So that's still his best headline splash box that Todd put together. So I will say that right now, which is crazy seven years ago, Todd, that uh, 2016 and I think what Bobby was uh, only 20. But Kovac, uh, just before this year, Bobby Pierce – his qualifying performance performances weren't as good, like for the big races, maybe summer nationals, he'd start in like second or third row sometimes, but he would always rally in that feature. He was always just eyes on him this year. He gets in the longhorn. He's qualifying up front. He can race. So if he's starting in the top two rows, he's going to be dominant, but his, his confidence in this longhorn is just unmatched. And I feel like he knows that too. And it's pretty cool to see, to have a, whole might come together for Bobby instead of him rallying a lot, like we saw in the past, you know, past few years in that Pierce car.
2: Yeah. Well, one, again, one of the things that's that's when Bobby Pierce is winning uh, is being able to talk to his dad, Bob, because I never got to talk to Bob when he was racing. I wasn't covering late models then. And man, he's just—he breaks stuff down so well. And it's always like talking to him. I mean, I—I I could, I'll talk to him fifteen, twenty minutes after a race sometimes, because he just keeps bringing up good angles and good, you know, interesting little uh, tidbits about the race and history, because he has such a great memory. But one thing that Bob did tell me this year—I think it was back like around maybe Deer Creek time when Bobby won that photo finish over Hudson. Um, about running, going into the Longhorn car this year. I mean, I remember most of, almost his entire career, he's been in that Pierce car. And 2018 is the only year that he didn't run his dad's car and be really on his own island there because there wasn't many uh yeah you know, how many other pierce cars were out there i mean summer nationals had some but not that many it keeps guy was dwindling actually over the time but he ran the rocket when he ran the dun, dun benson car in 18 and and that was still like bob said that was still earl i mean that was the first time he went out there on the tour a national tour with lucas oil series and and it it just, everything just didn't click. It was first time, you know, Bobby, like was away from home, really working out of North Carolina and, and everything just didn't work really, uh, the way it it, maybe it could have a couple few years later. So now fast forward to 2023 or he's in this longhorn and, and, um, and it's just, it's, things are just clicking perfectly for him. Uh, like Bob says, one thing that, that Again, when he was in the Pierce cars, he was on his own. Here, he's got a lot of Longhorn cars are out there, and a lot of guys, uh, Longhorn drivers, are coming up. You know, Jonathan Davenport's and McCready's and some of these guys, they're coming up to talk to Bobby. And Bob noted that, where he's saying that Bobby is such a that does something for the confidence of a driver too. When you have these big name drivers coming up to you and asking you, what are you doing? How's this working? You know. That's a, that's a boost to the morale. I think of a 26 year old driver out there on the national tour for the first time. And, and maybe that's, that's probably played in a little bit too. And, and when you talk about too, Bobby being able to raise, I he, I don't see him having weaknesses like, well, he can only run the bottom. He can only run the top. He can only, like you know, a lot of people, they will say he can only run the top. Um, but I don't. I hear drivers a lot of times say, "Well, I couldn't go up to the top. My car just, I just can't run up there." You know? Well, Bobby Pierce, he can run up there, and I've seen him run to the bottom too in some races this year. If if it is just to pass lap cars or do something, he's. I, I don't see him complaining or saying he can't run a, a certain uh uh, uh you know, certain groove out there. That's another uh, impressive part, I think, of of Bobby's season two, Just his his versatility there and, and and not smashing into that wall and baking and messing up that right rear corner as much as he used to and, and getting into as many scrapes with other drivers. Everything is kind of coming together for him.
0: All right, Todd, you've covered dirt late model racing for a long time. Uh, What would you rank, you know, Bobby Pierce's season up to this point compared to other great seasons we've seen in the past. I mean, like we said, he's getting to 32 wins. He could get to 40, which is pretty
1: damn remarkable. Well, I mean, we—I don't think you can leave Thornton out of this conversation in that way. Uh, you well, know, really, how about both Davenport, of them? I guess both Portland, of their seasons.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a little that they are both have such, you know, because sometimes seasons like Davenport's in 2015 or or Jack Boggs way back in 90, 95, uh, and some others, the the win so many he doesn't leave much for the other guy. This time we we do with two tours, we have two possibilities of two guys having chances to do more I, I don't know i think it's very difficult uh to have the historical perspective in the in in the immediacy of it I, I always feel like i need a few years and maybe many years to kind of really look and see what this is but but definitely pierces and thornton seasons uh they're gonna rank somewhere up in that conversation
0: all right kyle you're voting for the final vote uh, to, uh for driver of the year. It ended today. Who are you voting for?
3: Oh, well,
0: I had Ricky we had Thornton Jr. One.
3: Ricky Thornton Jr. gets driver of the year for me. Um, if the season ended today, um, I put him at number one. I uh, sent him a text message saying, for the record, I am one of the voters this week that – Put you at number one if you so happen to drop out of the top spot and so don't get mad at me but um and he laughed at that so um yeah but ricky thornton jr i think he's just like narrowly narrowly very narrowly um gets gets that for me um you know just uh i think he's won some bigger races um but then if like Bobby Pierce happens to <laughs> get those three championships possibly on the Outlaw Tour, Flow Race and Night in America, Castrol series and then XR series, you know, that if it had to be at uh, in December, um maybe my my like response changes to that. So but at this moment it's Ricky Thornton Jr. <laughs>
0: All right, Kovac, Pierce, Posse—they could get they they might get mad at Kyle after this podcast. They, they're a rabid bunch of group.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, I think they'll go, but I mean, they'll—they'll they'll get over it because the dirt on dirt top twenty-five uh, or the driver of the year doesn't pay any money. So uh, I think they'll be—they'll uh, be fine with. Uh, all the money they have won this year if they already, which is almost a million dollars if if they were not uh, ranked as the number one driver. But, yeah, maybe it'll come down. Maybe we can just bring it right down to the final race there at the indoor race. I think I said that before, you know, like if they're like, they're so close after, you know, the World Finals, uh, Sonoma, Castrol race. I think that might be I mean, they probably have three more races to go against each other. Right. Dirt Track, uh, you know, before the indoor race would be the Dirt Track World Championship. Uh, world finals in, in, uh, in the Sanoa race. Right. I, I believe that would probably be it. I don't think they'd run anywhere else together until maybe that I, I'm pretty sure that Ricky Thornton's going to be running the indoor race also. So, uh, maybe we, man, that could be a good billing there. You know, the driver of the year showdown, whoever, wins, like, it's been like, it's, it's going to be for the point title, uh, winner, take all there kind of at, uh, at Eldora. So it could be the same thing for at the, at the indoor race. Uh, Driver of the Year for Dirt Under. We'll have to just push back our Driver of the Year selection, though. It is pretty late, right, Todd? Yeah, normally we have yeah. the Driver of the Year selected yeah. way before that. So it'd have to yeah, be a Christmas, be tricky. Christmas unveiling, right? The video guys would have to be doing, going out, working overtime right at the end there, that, uh, right before Christmas, to, if we go to the indoor race.
0: Oh, for sure. But to make it interesting and a good video, might as well do it. Uh, so Bobby Pierce... Always have been dominant in the Midwest. Uh, but coming up here the next couple weeks, he's gonna to head to the Southeast. This week in Senoia and Rome. Then you got then you got uh the dirt track, but then later on you got Senoia again for the Pete State Classic. You have the World Finals down in Charlotte. So we got kind of thinking here about just different regions and just different styles of racing that maybe the you know, the Midwest, the Northeast, the Southeast, and then obviously like you know, the, the Bayou area with, like, Louisiana and Mississippi. Uh, we'll start with you, Todd Turner. Do you like Bobby Pierce's chances getting ready to head down to the southeast here the next few weeks? And just seems like, seems like you know, the history shows, yeah, we've won some kind of big races down there, but those Midwestern guys kind of maybe struggle going when they head down the Mason-Dixon line.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, a couple things, Bob he's winning at all kinds of types of tracks uh also these southern tracks as we talked a little bit about fast talk earlier this week you know tri county is kind of a midwestern version of a southern track and he's going there for the, the castro race uh Somalia is little uh often slick you know which which um is a little bit different. Probably favors the midwestern guys more so than a Cherokee or some of those other uh, hammer down, fast red clay uh, kind of uh, tracks that often turn one groove. You know that wouldn't be in in Bobby's favor. So I think in that way, Rome might go kind of either way. Uh, but uh, but I think Bobby's got got a good opportunity. But it it it's definitely two different worlds of racing. I think um i mean i remember when i was young i've you know i'm from kentucky so i'm kind of a southerner but i've trended toward the midwest that's where i went to more of my racing and focused, the definitely the early ump stuff and i remember back in the day at like brownstown um i don't know whenever the southern guys would come up there like i remember wade Knowles and buddy norris and some of those guys from dixie would show up there and it was like it was like, wow, it was, you know, you felt like there was an equator there that kept people from going to both places. Uh, so it was really dramatic to see a southern guy like that uh, and vice versa. You know, there's not a lot of, you know, it wasn't like a lot of brownstone guys were running down to Dixie to run that that big race. Now, in, in, in the modern day, since we have national tours that do travel more widely, you do seem, you know, especially the upper crest driver be able to have to drive at different style tracks in different parts of the country. So it's a little different now, but definitely the cultures of the South and in the Midwest are two very different things. When I when I worked at National Dirt Digest and I, we were based in North Carolina there and uh, my boss Brian McLeod and I would often, we would go to Cherokee or, or one of those racetracks and see just not a very good race because it was a long race and it was one group and nothing was happening. Uh, And then you would go to, for instance, the Summer Nationals race where you have the heats and the heats are exciting. And there's these little bull rings and guys are just all over the place. And it's an exciting for that feature. Totally different worlds. And we always joke that those Southern people, if they had any idea what they were missing, they would never go back to their track. And that may not be true because those Southern people certainly kind of like maybe that style of racing but it is two very different fields when you go to the heart uh, of the Southeast first, first, uh, central Illinois, Derek, where you are there. It's, uh, so it's, um, I, I think that's maybe the beauty of dirt track racing. We do have lots of different style tracks and surfaces and cultures. Uh, and the fact that these national guys have to manage all of them makes it, uh, even more challenging for them. But, uh, uh that's all been, to me, but I guess I'm kind of a Midwestern guy, so uh, I'm sorry for my guys and the not uh, backing you up better.
0: Well yeah, I think most of us we don't you know we don't have any Southern representatives today on the podcast, I don't think either. We have some mid Atlantic northeastern boys, and then of course I'm always gonna say Illinois, is, you know, way better racing. Uh but you did bring up a good point though. To win a national championship you have to travel all up and down the road. So Bobby Pierce wants to continue to win Castrol uh, to win, to close off the world of Outlaws, Kyle. He has to be pretty solid going to the Southeast tracks. And I think he's up to the challenge a little bit.
3: Yeah, for sure. I was actually going back just through some history and just curious as to when the last time Bobby Pierce picked up a win in the Southeast, if he's ever. And um, the last one was back in 2020 when he picked up a Lucas soil series victory um, at Magnolia there in Mississippi. But um, yeah, I was actually having a conversation about this with, with uh, Bob Pierce after, I forget where we were at. Um, I think it was river cities over the summer in June um, after one of the, of that, the outlaw races out, In the midwest and just like looking ahead to this stretch that's coming up right now and even then um, bob and bobby didn't didn't feel like um they would need to 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 go on some sort of rampage like they have to stockpile points and to make sure they have the a big enough cushion to where if they were in a close race with you know Chris Madden or Brandon Shepard or you know, because just like over the summer, I mean Chris Madden had 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 the points lead until he went to Bobby Bobby Pierce's territory in the Midwest, and then Bobby Pierce hasn't uh backed down since then, um, since that Heartland speed week in June. So um, but I think if Bobby Pierce can go in this weekend and and win at least one two, what would that do for his confidence you know the rest of the year with all all of the other uh races that's that that are left down south i mean it's uh um i think if if he wins one or two this weekend, I think he is gonna hit the forty forty win mark right and so which would uh just be very impressive, um. So, I don't uh, I don't think this weekend's gonna take any wind out of his sails. That's that's for sure. Um, yeah.
2: This is Derek's Dodd. You know, I know you've uh, watched the, you've been you've been editing and stuff the the podcast, and you know that there's always a weekly. Mute button uh, mistake. I didn't have it it muted. I didn't have it muted. Well, what happened? There was nothing coming out of your mouth, Derek. Everything, nothing. We saw nothing. We just saw your mouth moving. That's it. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was just like a little
0: blip or something. (laughs) Uh, We
2: got up getting. All right. Come on, Derek. (laughs) So, yes, the Southern
0: tracks, they're not my cup of tea. I don't really consider they're your cup of tea either. But on the flip side, do Southern racetracks with longer races that they're used to, the history of them, uh, just the more slickness. Does it help you out for these bigger crown jewels? Or maybe just with the new style of late models and how the car reacts, I think maybe being a Midwestern guy might help out here, you know, here in the last four or five years compared maybe what it was like 15, 20 years ago. But if you look at Eldora, it's a lot of Georgia guys that win that race.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. You look up at Georgia, I mean, there's Overton, there's Davenport, there's McDowell. There's, I mean, there, Shane Clanton's one there, you know, I, 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 Chris Madden is right. You know, South Carolina guy. And um, I, I Chris Ferguson's been running well there from North Carolina. And, and I, I think Madden kind of mentioned it and McDowell's mentioned it too. And I mean, actually all of them have mentioned all these guys from down the South, the East have, have mentioned about going like Teldora and, and, and how, uh, Their tire management skills from running at like Cherokee. I mean, Brendan O'Grady just told me at Pittsburgh, uh, you know, the other week, how if he's like struggling anywhere, he wants to just get his ass over to to Gaffney and go run Cherokee Speedway because he knows that racetrack and he can figure. And that that puts him back on the right level or something. You know, he he can figure things out. He he knows what his car's supposed to do, and, and he goes there and and gets his gets himself back on track. And uh and and they've all kind of talked about how you know like that 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 tire management that you have to do. There's a lot a lot of times it does rubber up. That red clay is is more abrasive on tires and uh and, and just that it's kind of just ingrained in those guys how they have to be careful with their tires. They can't abuse them. And that kind and you compare that to to guys like Bobby Pierce running up on those cushion you know, tracks in the Midwest where, it, you know, it's, it's hammered down. You're, you're probably not going to get the tire wear that you have down South. You don't have as many rubbered up racetracks. And, uh, and when you go to like these longer hundred lap races, that bigger, you know, the bigger crown jewel events, like in Eldora and those Southern guys, just, they, they know how to be there at the end, maybe better than some, uh, you know, the Midwesterners. Because, uh, I mean, look how long it took an Illinois guy to, to you know, to, to win uh, the World well, 100. Okay, right, we don't right, have Derek, to go you know? there,
0: Kovac. We don't uh, have to go I back. know, man. That's, <laughs> it's it's <laughs> a point, right? He did win one. We won one yeah, in 2004. Uh, yeah, well, 2005. Or 2005.
2: You know, that was, right. that was yeah, right.
0: 2005. That's shenanigans. We won that race. I counted. Yeah,
2: well, uh, yes, okay. Bab did cross the finish line first, but then a Georgia guy ended up with the win, right? <laughs> so, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, they can win uh, on those. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's, there's a, there's a difference there for sure in the, in the, the racing and just the way they're upbringing and their mindsets, I guess, you know, from, uh from they're, they're not, the Southern guys aren't going to want to go and bang the cushion as much as the Midwest guys want to do. And the Midwest guys don't want to run in the, you know, and do tire management as much as the Southern guys do. I think that's like one of the, the differences you can kind of kind of see, uh, between the two. And that's what those uh, Midwest guys have to conquer, I guess, when they go down South, uh, especially, you know, th- this weekend with, with Bobby and uh, you know, coming up later on, you know, when they go down to Sonora again and uh, Charlotte, Charlotte's not a track that I actually, I, I don't, I don't consider that as much of a Southern track, even though it's in North Carolina uh, you know, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't put me in a, it puts me more in like the Midwest or Northeast frame of mind just because of the, the facility and everything when I go to a Southern track, I, let me just point this one out. So I'll just mention this too. I, when I go to a Southern track, so many of them in the you know, in the heart of like Carolinas and Georgia and Alabama. So I feel like I'm like in like maybe the six pack movie from 1980 or something or the 19th. It just feels like I'm back in time. You know, like I see some billboard. I see like cause so many of the tracks have the pits in the infield and uh and it's just and i always see one really there's at least one guy at every one of those southern racetracks i go to a big giant big 250 to 300 pounder with the blue uh denim overalls on you know i mean always i I, it's just like a staple of southern racetracks i don't you know it just feels like i'm like in a movie like you know what was that wendell scott movie there with uh, richard Pryor? you know uh I forget Greece Grease Lightning I think or whatever it was and they had some dirt tracks from yeah. the south in there too. Um it, it just like the whole feel of it. It just it, it still feels like I go kind of back in time with the you know the red clay and I can still see the NASCAR guys on dirt racing, racing dirt like when I go there or something. Maybe that because that is a it's a much more NASCAR birth uh, area It's there. got a lot more so maybe yeah, that's why. It's got a
0: lot It's got a lot more NASCAR ties. Uh, right, you know, like the re- uh, the white and red walls that you see at Dixie in Rome. I think right, the reason yeah. they have them is because of NASCAR tracks. So, uh, yeah, yes, that is funny. There's always guys in bib, bib overalls, like jeans. everyone, overalls, every, you know, I've never uh,
2: gone to one without seeing that never gone to a South Southern track without seeing some, he's like the old rail bird <laughs> in the pits there with his, uh, with his, you know, overalls on big dude, you know, probably everybody knows him. They, he probably has some interesting nickname, you know, and. So like just everybody should look for that now when they go down to a Southern track. Okay. And and also we can maybe look this
0: up or stats. I feel like those fans are just way more laid back too. like, they're out Mm -hmm. sitting in the sun or cold from like 1 PM on they're sitting in their seats and the features don't start for another seven hours. So they do, they have some, uh, you know, diehard fans that will just fight the elements high because it's either really hot down there and then like in the winter time it can be very very cold so that they flex it up and show it out a little bit i feel like more the northern northern states or midwestern states they like to do the tailgating having a little fun uh or if you're at knoxville you have a bar across the street it's a lot more like a college college atmosphere a little bit more than it is maybe the southern atmosphere a
1: lot of that's one of the big differences i see too as well yeah, it's a it's a loyal bunch, uh, particularly Cherokee. I get that feel because they have those Sunday afternoon starts often, uh, and then nowhere else more than East Alabama. You know, talk about loyal fans. I mean, those some of those people, uh, and of course, they're running many divisions at their state championship and national 100 weekend. But those people stake out their spots and they're they're there for a long time and those Todd, are long Todd long how weekends. about their heaters?
2: <laughs> heaters in the grandstand, right? The heaters in the grandstand. Yeah. I've never seen that until I went to the National 100.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It is. It is a big thing. You got to find a seat for yourself and then a little seat for yeah. your heater. So it's pointing up your little propane yeah. tank, but. Uh, uh, but I think East Alabama—they kind of embrace that. They love it. It's a—it is a—it is one big weekend for them, and uh, uh, and this year uh, with even more money on the line, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But uh, but that's kind of a classic when I think of uh, those those most loyal fans, East Alabama and Cherokee jump out at me.
0: Oh man, the South! I love it. They uh they definitely have some good drivers in rich history. I don't think without. I mean, you, Without the South, Southeast, the Carolinas, we want to have racing because they're kind of like the originals. I feel like with the the moonshine days and the NASCAR days, but uh, be very interesting to see if Bobby Pierce can get the job done down there. Uh, last thing, Kyle, not there's a lot more races up in the Midwest, so a lot of just the history of it's so a lot of southeastern, southern guys come up north, and then you would see the other way around. So we don't have as many uh northern invaders going down the southeast because I don't really consider Speed Week's southern tracks either because everybody's there. Uh, but I don't know, dude. Does that maybe put into play with playing a little bit that the more of the races are up in the Midwest? So a lot of those guys have a chance to go up there, and they got a lot more laps than maybe compared to, like, Bobby Pierce going down to the south.
3: Yeah, for sure. I think some drivers that come to mind that aren't really phased or bollard by making making most of their uh, hay out in the midwest are Chris Madden and, and Shane Clanton you know two guys who have willingly and want to, wanted to 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 be on the outlaw tour this year and so um, and so i just think like when you look at the structure and look at the national schedules between obviously like the outlaws very midwest heavy and then when you look at like the at soil schedule you know that it, it it has a lot of midwest flavor in that too more northeast flavor than it does on the outlaw side of things and then obviously you know they they have their uh, races sprinkled in down in the south too but it's it's just like if there is a territory that um is Clearly, the um, focal point of our national tours, it is obviously that Midwest region. And so, um, and I've really, you know, since I took the job here last year, last March, um, have really enjoyed getting out to the Midwest and, um, you know, all the bull rings out there, the the three-eighths miles tracks and uh, your Mason Cities, your farmer cities, your, uh, fairberries and, um, Macon. And so, yeah, but, um, but I'm heading down South this weekend. So going to get my Southern baptism and, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll report, report back here next week as to, uh, what I come to know of uh, my first time down there. So like down, like in the Southeast, cause like Kevin hit it, like I've been to the world finals and, it absolutely puts me in the Northeast frame of mind and just in terms of like the aesthetics and the atmosphere and the facility and just how, how Charlotte races and whatnot. And, um, you know, I'm trying to think, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen like a true dirt lay model race down in the Southeast. So, um, like in the, like in South Carolina, in North Carolina, outside of Charlotte, um, haven't seen a race in Georgia. So yeah. Um, we're going to knock that off the bucket list here this weekend. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, I will tell you right now, I've been at this company for 12 years. I have yet, and I don't think I ever will see a race in the Southeast. The only time I've ever been to is speed weeks other than speed weeks. And I guess the most Southern track I would say would be clay
2: Hill. Maybe. I don't know. So, Todd, am I missing out? Am missing out? you am
1: got to broaden never... you broad yourself.
2: Next you year, broad- he's doing yourself. Southern Nationals. He does Southern Nationals <laughs> yeah. the whole thing yes. next year. Right, Cody? Bring him I, out I will there. go I will go back
0: on the Hell Tour for 40 days and do the Southern Nationals. I, I will say that right now. Oh, so, come on. I don't know. Look at Nationals that. He's gotten soft. Bad. He's gotten soft. No, I'm just soft, but... kidding. I'm kidding. I do need to go. I But I have never been. I've always was on the Summer Nationals. And then the time of the season was over. You know, we were pretty much done. We had, like, other guys go there. So other than speed weeks, I continue that streak, I guess. But either way, I like the region battles, the north versus south. Obviously, south has a lot of rich history, a lot of big wins at Eldora. The north, though, I say the future might be a little bit better with the young drivers uh, that are with under 32, you know, going to be the future of the sport. So I'll have to wait and see. Bobby Pierce is going to try to uh, invade the south from the north and get some wins here this weekend. All right, Kovac, we will start off with you with one more thing. What do you got for us, buddy? I saw your boy, Matt Williamson, dirt dirt champ this week, this past weekend yesterday.
2: Yeah, it was a bit, yeah, the, the Super Dirt Week up in Oswego in New York. They uh, had to run it on Monday, three of the four features on Monday afternoon, Columbus Day holiday racing, I guess, because uh, it was just, man, they got hammered by rain. It was horrible. The lake effect rain just kept coming and hitting them up there and, wash out Saturday, well most of Saturday all of Sunday so they, they had to shove it all in on on uh on uh, on Monday Tim McCready ended up dropping out he did race uh both the 358 modified and big block race but didn't have a good day in either really he had to end up dropping out of the 200 uh early so uh, not he uh, he spent a lot of I guess he probably got a lot of beers drank though during all the the rain delays. but anyway, just for a, one more thing, uh, I mentioned the Hunt the front super dirt series that it ended its first uh, season, the inaugural inaugural season uh, there with the Southern showcase at Swainsboro Raceway Friday and Saturday. and, and they ended up having a nice little uh, you know point the battle to, to the end with uh with josh putnam coming out on top for the twenty thousand dollar championship he got a fifth place finish on saturday night at, at swainsboro uh he was able to overtake came into the race with an eight point deficit to joseph joiner joiner didn't have a really good night uh ended up uh you know i think finishing 14th so it went to josh putnam uh you know he had one win during the year didn't have a lot he, he said he didn't have a lot of wins but he was very consistent you know especially hitting a lot of new racetracks that he'd never been to and uh, and that, that was, that's pretty neat that, you know, he got a new name, you know, uh, I mean, he's not a new name I and mean, he's been around for a while in the Southeast and Alabama driver, uh, but to, for him to get a championship, uh, with a, you know, a pretty good payoff of 20,000 was, uh, was a good, uh, you know, a good, um, ending for that, uh, for the first year for the, you know, hunt the front gang doing their, their, their regional tour, which had a, had pretty good, good turnout. It had, uh, nine guys, uh, eight guys went to every one, one guy missed one race just for, uh you know uh you know family thing so he couldn't he wasn't able to get there for one but uh you know six of them made all the features and for a regional tour that's pretty good i mean most regional tours you're you're hoping for two or three to go to every race and first year for the hunt to front they got a um you know they had a good good turnout of good of followers of regulars. so it's a it's a good good thing that i a good good first year for them and you know you know positive for the future for that series and
0: Joshua Joyner got his first altercation, major one with Dale McDowell, you know, (laughs) pointing the finger at him after that one start one year. So uh, you're going to have some good and the bad. But, yeah, it was a great series overall. Just talking to them at Eldora, it seemed like they, you know, they were very, very pleased with that first year. So uh, best of luck to them for the 2024 season. All right, Kyle, what do you got for us?
3: Yeah, so, you know, speaking of Bobby Pierce, um, Castro Flow Night in America. Takes or uh, gets back in action on Thursday at Tri Tri County Racetrack, and I'll I'll be there um, on the job reporting. And Bobby Pierce has a 15 point lead right now over Hudson O'Neill. And, and so, just for some perspective, um, I think if I'm looking at, looking at this right, the winner gets six more points than second, and then um, every position after that loses. Um, or is a three-point reduction. So, uh, say if like Hudson O'Neal walks out of Thursday with a win, and if Bobby Pierce finishes fifth, and we have a tie for the points lead, or um, or just like something like that. So um, it's it's a close race with uh, three races left on the Castro series. So make sure to tune in on Thursday.
0: Yeah, tune in. Uh, Pierce duking it out there with Hudson O'Neill for that championship. Tri-County Falls of the South is what Rigsby calls it. Uh, My one more thing is be sure to check out Why Not uh, this weekend, the 29th annual fall classic. That race always has some uh, good stuff that happens with it. Maybe some drama in the pits. Uh, I can't remember. I think that's the same race where – Bub McCool got all fired up in Victor Lane, was and somebody. So there's always dramatics there at why not for the fall classic, a great October tradition. Uh, and it always seems like that has good racing as well as slide jobs. I think it's live on Flow Racing. So be sure to check that out. Uh, Todd, you're one more thing. Obviously, some important news here.
1: Yeah, I hate to let podcast listeners know uh, and fans of Robert Holman. He's no longer with the staff. There was a restructuring at Flow and Dirt on Dirt. Um, And so we will certainly miss Robert. uh, Miss Robert and his boondoggles and his stories and all all that he brought to our team. Uh, You know, we're big fans of Robert. I worked with him at National Dirt Digest many years ago. Uh, So hopefully he'll land uh, somewhere in racing uh, and maybe uh, we'll see him around the track. Uh, and uh, continue to uh, be uh, be part of the sport in some way.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate uh, Robert is no longer uh, working with us as co-workers. Uh, we wish him nothing but the best, and uh, we're thinking about you, buddy. Uh, but also, he did not lose his title for Dennis Serb Jr., president of the fan club. So he still got that title. He's <laughs> always going to be dubbed that, but we're going to miss his boondoggle stories. He was always a treat on the Dirt Reporters and just a good friend. As well, he will be missed uh, just just seen him at the racetrack. and Me and Kovac had some good times with him at Volusia during Speed Weeks. We, he says we kept him up too late, but uh, we'll definitely miss him. And uh, we'll see you down the road, Robert. Uh, well, this weekend we got World of Outlaws action. We got the Fall Classic. We got MLRA at Tri-City. We got plenty of races live at Flow Racing. We're going to have plenty of updates and articles this weekend as well on the Dirt on Dirt side. So be, keep your browsers locked in to dirtondirt.com and Flow Racing. I'm Derek Kessinger. This is the Dirt Reporters. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week.